Coming live from Pensacola, Florida, USA is our guest tonight. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through the industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And before I move forward, may I request you to subscribe, follow, like, and comment on whichever platform you are watching or listening to this show on. And today we have Gene Valentino, political commentator and serial entrepreneur on the future of America with Gene Valentino. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you, AJ. Thank you for having me. Great, great. You have got such a wonderful background and I love it. It, it actually, you know, shows how much, you know, what path you have taken in your life, you know, from being a news correspondent to the places that you have gone through you know it's a rags to riches story founding president of cellular one pioneering visionary of the online payment industry serial entrepreneur government leader local government leader major motion picture award winning executive pro producer race race car driver recreational pilot dive master, adjunct professor at Pensacola State College. You have interest in real estate, hospitality industry, life sciences, and, life sciences, and as they say in the US, a remarkably nice guy. A rags to riches story. Life is filled with designing, creating, developing, operating, and growing innovative enterprises through life stories of trials and tribulations. Welcome to the show once again, Gene. Thank you, AJ. Was that really me? It was you. You know, when you, yes, it was you, very much you. You know, actually, when you traverse the life, you actually don't notice so many things until unless somebody tells you the path that you have traveled. So we will talk about a lot of things uh, about business, about politics, about America, present and how do you see going it forward, America moving politically forward, economically forward, because America is the center of the world and a lot of economies and politics moves around with that. That's why we'll be talking about the future of America and the world with you. So tell us, Gene, from the, you know, you are such a top entrepreneur, a founder of so many companies. How do you see America today? and moving forward, both economically as well as politically. Well, first of all, AJ, thank you for having me. It was only it was only a few years ago when you and I were in high school, we would never have dreamt of the fact that I could be talking from Pensacola, Florida, live to a new friend here in New Delhi, India, and, uh, and uh, that we would have guests listening and, um, and commenting uh, on from all parts of the world in between. This is a, a real wonderful treat for me. And at 68 years of age, I've now had the chance to look back on uh, my life history and say it's time to share in the goodness with the rest of the world. And so when, I, when you found me and I found you, boy, I tell you, we lined up in our spirit of what we're trying to, to do. We live in two different... Um, governances in the world, the governance of India versus the governance of the United States. And uh, I'm very proud of the heritage of our nation. Uh, America, which is the leader economically and still is, uh, has, has uh, made some mistakes along the way and tripped and fallen. And has, but the beauty of our governance is that we are able to recover and learn from our mistakes. We are a nation of immigrants, and um, those that come here legally uh, a, 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 and follow a process legally are willing to are able to enjoy the the fruits uh, uh, that America has to offer. Uh, it's a it's what I've learned from the American spirit is that most people uh, aren't looking for a handout. They're looking for a hand up, and that means that they're looking for the opportunity to succeed. 
There's no small coincidence. Our southern border is uh, plagued right now and tormented with politics. Politics I regret very much. But one thing rings clear, putting politics aside for a second, America can't be that bad if millions of people now are flooding our into our country and appreciate it more than some of the people in the country that don't. And therein lies the beauty of how America will succeed, will sustain itself and survive. The very people who are begging for an opportunity to be here uh, are reminding the spoiled folks that have been spoon-fed for a long time that uh, they uh, best um, sober up with their thinking uh, and participate in this nation and be contributors in this nation, just like the immigrants coming in are trying to do. Let me tell a story that describes this as best as, it, as I can, AJ. Right. At seven, eight years of age, uh, this, um, I remember the story about this man who was dying of cancer. Uh, he, my, uh, 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 the, the man was my grandfather. I was taken into the hospital to see him before he died. I wasn't paying much attention. I was playing some stupid game and uh, being a typical eight-year-old. And my grandfather looked down over the side of the bed and said, you work hard at protecting the future of America for the rest of the world. Believe me, I didn't understand what he was saying. Uh, he said, did you hear me? Uh, I said, not really. What would you say? He said, you work hard at being productive and defending this America for the rest of the world. All right. You promise? I promise. He says to me with emphasis, are you sure? I says, yeah, Gramps, I'm sure. He died a week or two later. And this grandfather of mine served in World War II and received the Purple Heart. Now, this grandfather of mine was an Italian immigrant who came into the country legally. He couldn't, re he couldn't read or write English and barely, could barely speak it, but he was more of an American than I've seen from these woke fools on the six o'clock news. He was a true patriot because it wasn't about just his selfishness in being an American. It was about his willingness to give for rights, liberties and freedoms and for the rest of the world. It's a lesson I never forgot. In fact, before he died, he looked me in the eye and he said, and do you promise me you'll serve this nation someday? Yeah, I promise. No, no, did you hear me? Will you promise to serve this nation someday? Yeah, okay, promise? I promise, Gramps. Well, then I said like before he died soon after. But now I'm in my 30s and 40s. I'm in business. I've had an early career in journalism. I moved into uh, business, business development, investments. Uh, uh, you described the short version of my history very well. And, <laughs> and um, uh, I said to myself, wait a minute. I made a promise to my grandfather. And I'll be damned if life goes on too long here and I don't keep it. So I became a county, I, I ran for office in the democratic process here in Escambia County, Florida, which is Pensacola, Florida. And I became a county commissioner for two different terms. And it was my way of giving back to the country by giving back to this county that I was uh, serving in. And in my mind, I feel I lived up to, to my promise without having to have gone to war. But I was, I am to this day very proud of what he reminded me of. It was a lesson that helped me focus on paying attention to the true history.
in real history classes in high school and in college. And it gave me the foundation for a good understanding of why we're so lucky and why it is today I'm able to afford these two little toys behind me. Uh, it didn't just happen. Daddy didn't spoon feed me. No one gave me nothing. I earned every dime in my life that I had to work. For. I worked for every dime uh, that I have. And, um, uh, and it came because I had reminded myself of my grandfather's disciplines and principles, but I also worked hard uh, uh, to, do, to do it on my own. And I'm proud, I'm proud to be not only an American, but a, a contributor to the world now and world causes. And thank you, AJ, for giving me this forum to say that. Thank you. I should. The pleasure is all uh, mine and also the audience because we are learning so much from you. And as we go into the show, we'll be learning so much more from you about, you know, about uh, not only about business, but also how to be a great elected official. You remember coffee with the commissioner? Now, this is yes. something, you know, this is such an innovative idea. Now, even in India, politicians and leaders are trying to connect and have been connecting with people with this idea. But looking back in the past, you know, we started with that. When you were connecting with the people, and you were not looking for becoming the president of the United States, but at the moment, your whole idea was to bring governance closer to the people. And that was such a fantastic idea. So I see the person behind, uh, inside of you. And that was such a great idea. Tell us about this. How did you think about it? And how? what was the experience about connecting with people, the real people on the ground? Well, I got sick and tired of politicians, too. <laughs> That's kind of why I wanted to run. There's an old saying, the politician will tell you what you want to hear. But a true leader will tell you what you need to know after he listens carefully to what you are saying. And I tried to live by that. So we formed, like you said, the coffee with the commissioner meetings and Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Three times a week, I'd go out to the local coffee shops in the community. And uh, Monday night was uh, Sally's Cafe. Wednesday was Karen's Cafe. And then on Friday was some other cafe. And so each was in a different region in the county. So it got me the, it gave me the ability to get out and get around. I wasn't politicking. I was giving them a report on what was going on in the county. Infrastructure, roads, economic development incentives, jobs, uh, environmental concerns, incentives, incentives, incentives. What are you going to do to create opportunity so that I can not only have, keep my job, but grow my job? And those kinds of things were on our agenda. And that was my background, economic, economic development. We were five commissioners and I, um, I became known as the point man on issues related to economic development. When Airbus, the airline, <clears throat> was considering coming to the uh, Pensacola area, we ended up having um, uh, meetings in Farnborough, England, and in Berlin and Hamburg. And these meetings were for the purpose of um, uh, shaking the tree, if you will, trying to in engender interest in our area for jobs. <laughs> And um, uh, we, we had created incentives or inducements for them to come to the area. I'm very proud of that. Those are the kind of things we did. Navy Federal Credit Union, a big credit union out of uh, Alexandria, Arlington, Virginia, became um, interested in the panhandle of Florida. And uh, we, ended up having, um, we ended up having a wonderful uh, conversation with them. It resulted a few years later with 25,000 jobs right here in the community. Uh, so uh, I learned uh, that the good, what is the role of government? What's a good role of government? A good role of government is not to control your business edicts. A good right. role of government is not to demand that you wear the mask or demand that you take these pills 
or demand that you do A, B, and C. A good role of government is to create an incentive for the private sector to succeed. Uh, they may need some regulatory controls, whether it be environmental on the pollution side or behavior in terms of employer-employee relationships or uh, regulatory in the terms of taxation. There's a place for government, but the real role is to create an incentive to encourage them to come to my area and therefore give them tax rebates, give them incentives uh, to help build the wing to their building, uh, give them the opportunity uh, to an incentive to hire 500 more people. Uh, that's what the good role of government is. And uh, that's what I fostered when I was a commissioner here in Escambia County. Right, Gene, right. Then why do elected officials, you know, tend to forget that as a county commissioner, you were able to, you know, interact with people, listen to them, and then, you know, give them an update about everything that was related to them, about their growth, about their prospects. Why is it that politics today, uh, and you, as you said that, you know, somewhat politics has not become about people. Uh, now leaders try to speak different languages and it's more about, you know, what they want and not about what people want. And why I ask you is that you are from the large, the biggest democracy in the world. And America is so closely associated a lot of uh, you know, countries look up to the uh, to its association with the U.S. and how it's working. We have got relationships, economic ties, political ties with the U.S. So how does it work? What do you see going forward, the, U the future of U.S. going forward, as well as the economic future? How do you see it sitting there? Is it going on the right path? Do you think there should be another path that they should take. When you look at a leader and the path we are taking, the voter or the, or the world at large needs to ask a simple question. Is this person talking about me, meaning himself, or is he talking about we, all of us? When you hear him talk or her talk, are they making it first person like I, 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 me, 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 or are they talking about we? If they're talking about we, they're talking about the greater good for all of us. A true democracy gets misunderstood in the world governances because many of the other governances of the world still believe in a top-down hierarchy a boss at the top you can rely on. It is true, it's, a, it, it, it's tension. It causes conflict even when describing it. But the guy at the top, yes, in one hand, must show absolute leadership. But in the other hand, he must be absolutely representing the people that put him in the job in the first place. The challenge for the politician is to not as we say in the in New England, not get over your skis, not get out ahead of yourself and start thinking uh, more of yourself than you should be. It's one of the reasons why in the Democratic Republic here in the United States, we're moving to this concept of term limits in, uh, in different elected um, uh, environments, the state, the federal, and at the local level because some of these politicians are getting over their skis. It's too much about me and not we. Am I work if I just made that decision because it's in the best interest, the greater good of, of everybody, or did I make that decision because it's in the greater good of me? Therein lies the challenge. How is it so many politicians come into office, not too much money in their checking account, and leave 5, 10, 15, 25 years later with millions of dollars more than they could have ever made on a salary in the job during that period of time. How is it they walk out of office with tens of millions of dollars more than they ever saw before in their life? 
there's something that's involved in the process that's that needs cleaning up and even the purity of the democratic principles and the democratic republic needs to be checked not just in america by the way but elsewhere in the world and even though we've got all these flaws that i've just mentioned the borders being overrun with millions of people a year we must be still doing something right over here if they're going to come in like this and so we st but that doesn't deny the fact that we need to fix this problem and fix it right away look at the other nations of the world my words you'd be shot on the border if you tried to come in come over illegally so we we have a double standard we we think it's okay to um self-deprecate ourselves to to beat on ourselves to be cr too critical of ourselves and, we, and and it's unfair that america g has been beaten up so much not by not only by its own journalists and naysayers uh, and liberals but by others in the in the world who think america's a bunch of dumb fools uh go back a generation and think about my grandfather who gave his life for the world, not just this nation, and to help other nations succeed. Do you remember from World War II, the Berlin Airlift, where we came over and, uh, uh, and saved many Germans from dying after the, air, after the war? And this is not unlike uh, what we're trying to do to help Ukraine now, whether they're in the NATO alliance or not. The only regret I have is that we had better leadership at the top to cause that to um, to cause it to be um, uh, uh, handled in a, in a more effective uh, way from a uh, American policy point of view. Uh, so uh, we we have improvements to make, and we're going to make them. Um, I'll resist talking politics, but I am very fond of Donald Trump. Not because I like his twittering. I think some people took <laughs> offense to that, but uh, because you knew where he stood, he he was exactly what the world needed. He everyone. Some people thought uh, he was a gunslinger and ready to take us into war. We are now uh, at greater risk of being in war than ever before under the Biden administration, and Trump had brought. Uh, inflation to, to near zero and uh, unemployment to an all-time low. He And worldwide, he, uh, he had developed relationships with those that deserved developing relationships with, including India. And, uh, and uh, on the other hand, uh, made it difficult for other adversaries like Russia and China uh, to continue to corrupt and uh, impugn the economic development of uh, American business. We started to get our American business back. That meant we had more money to spend elsewhere in the world on alliances with other uh, uh, with other nations, including India. One of our biggest allies in the world is India, and I'm proud of that relationship. I had a technology firm that um, built payment processing software like um, like PayPal, except we did right. it. We did it for government, and India was um, was an important partner of mine in development of technology for the back end system, software system that integrated with the payment and with the um, management information software of government agencies around the world. It was a real, real interesting uh, opportunity for us, and India played an important part of it. India is recognized by America as a wonderful ally. Right, Jin. Right. We'll talk more about your business. But first, let's try and understand America from uh, an outsider's perspective. Like, what does U.S. want today? What does America want today? Does it want control of things? Or does it want to save the American way of life? What is it? What does it? Is it that it exists as of today? How should one understand U.S. as of today? You just, that's the $10 million question, AJ. There is a, there is a faction in this nation that believes we're not great anymore. 
and that we should behave more like a socialized nation and become part of a greater society, a world society. Uh, I do believe that there's a way of growing a relationship in the world without America losing itself. There's another faction in this nation that wants to protect the liberties, the principles, and freedoms that this nation has. And by squandering money to the rest of the world recklessly, we are threatening our own ability to protect ourselves, which hinder our ability to protect you. And that is where the, the philosophical differences are beginning to uh, reveal themselves. Uh, I think the nation today has um, gotten a little bit of a spanking, and uh, I think it is on the rebound. I think the disciplines of a, fr a free and democratic society, uh, a democratic republic, is uh, which is why we left uh, Great Britain and ran away from Great Britain in the early days, uh, is because we didn't want to be controlled by that higher up, that king or queen or higher authority. We wanted to be controlled by the bottom up, the, the bosses, the political, as I said earlier, the, the elected official, their boss is the people that went to the voting booth to vote for you or against you. That's the boss. And uh, we've got to get back to that and get away from this cabal that's been created in the two-party system of our nation, which is under review right now. We've got people who've taken advantage of the system that need to be called into question, scrutinized, and if they've done wrong, they should be indicted. Indicted and charged with a crime and, um, and, and let justice take its course from there. But... Uh, 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 so, so America, the, the reason America is the oldest governing entity in the world, not because we get it right all the time, but because we constantly fix our failures. The system allows us to fail, fail and to correct itself without taking down the house at the same time. And that's the, that's the key issue. Do we have the ability this time with a massive uh, breach to our border, with fentanyl coming in uh, in pounds, tons of fentanyl coming in around the world, from around the world, are we going to put the rules back in place as to what a citizen is and therefore, what is the citizen's right to vote? Who's a voter? And how do you determine if the person going in to vote is a legal citizen? We have 50 states in this nation. Uh, in, in When I was born, there was only 49. And then when, a few years later, 1959, it became, uh, uh, we took on Hawaii, and that became the 50th state. Well, you know, we can have the United States of the world. We can not worry about Mexico crossing over into America. How about this for a crazy idea? Hey, Mexico, how would you like to be America's 51st state? You stay right where you are. You get all the benefits you're trying to come over the line into America for. You pay your taxes the way I do. And you enjoy all the liberties and freedoms that I have. And by the way, you didn't have to leave and walk a thousand miles to come over into America. Stay right where you are. In fact, I'd like to fly one of those planes behind me and come down and visit you there. That's the future. It's, it, there's a great book by uh, a friend of mine who's also a partner in one of my businesses. His name is Peter Diamandis. And the book is entitled, The Future is Faster Than You Think. So economic development and inspiration for growth will not follow the same timeline as it did in the decades before, which has an impact on the politics uh, uh, 
that you were talking about earlier. Things will be forced to move faster on a shorter timeline because the acceleration of technology and growth, virtual technology and artificial intelligence is accelerating. The acceleration is accelerating. So it's becoming faster, which means things like uh, your business. You got a, a crazy business idea. Well, the banker says to you, AJ, go t test it out for a few years and then come back and I'll see if I, I want to give you a loan. So you come back after three years and you show him your financial statements and he decides after he runs you through the uh, overall all these hurdles whether he wants to lend you money on your business idea. Ancient history. By the time today three years goes by, the technology will be outdated. For example, a small company called Uber. Anybody heard of them? Now they're now worldwide, of course. Uber was basically replacing an old-fashioned concept of a taxi. But it was on your phone app. And the phone app allowed me to have that vehicle show up five, ten minutes ready for my ride. A clean car without worrying about how dirty it is. That wasn't here 20 years ago. Look what happened to a company called Amazon, Jeff Bezos. There's a company that, um, that uh, they were, about 25 years ago, they were trading at under $20 a share. Sears, JCPenney, Macy's, I could name another six. All retailers sort of in the same uh, strata of, of comparison. But Amazon, with crazy ideas, started taking off with new ideas, innovation, online ordering, the methodology of transporting the product to the home. How does it get there? All these things started taking hold. That $20 a share stock is now what? Over $3,000 a share? Every year, Jeff Bezos went further and further into debt over the 20 years. And the board of directors were scratching their heads saying, Man, does, do you know what you're doing? We're going deeper in debt. We haven't seen any profit. 20 years have gone by, and I haven't seen my money back yet. Well, can you imagine if you bought the stock at $20 a share, and three years later, uh, excuse me, th uh, 20 years later, it's over $3,000 a share? Can you imagine where you would be today if you had only known? The future is faster than you think now. They're now involved in other methods of transportation. The aircraft off my left shoulder behind me is the Cirrus SF-50 aircraft. It's a $3 million aircraft, and it is now part of a, uh, a uh, technology concept whereby that same Uber app now applies to that jet. You want to use that jet, I eliminate the middleman, just like Amazon did, by ordering that aircraft to come and get me. Oh, Uber will pick me up out here on the driveway and take me to the airport. By the way, an airport that's smaller in size, that's, um, that's able to pick me up uh, closer to my home. I get on that jet and I'm going at the same speed as the commercial airlines without... TSA, baggage transfer, losing your baggage, security stress in the airport, tied up between uh, one uh, connection to another for three hours in the airport. Uh, all that goes away in this new technology. Now, shall I add right. one more thing? I'll add one. Here's the latest. When that plane lands to pick you up, there's this new concept called eVTOL, electronic vertical takeoff and landing. What if right next to that jet sits an eVTOL, looks like a huge drone. And I visited uh, those folks up in Vermont last week. Its company is uh, called Beta Alia, battery powered uh, transport, no fuel, holding four people plus the pilot, 
I get out of that jet, I get into the Evitol, and that Evitol now trans, uh, transports me to my driveway at my home. It's no longer a crazy idea. It's here. It's a question of how we deliver it. And do we have the right government in place to administer it correctly? Do we have good principles and practices to make sure it grows in, in an orderly way for the greater good of the world, not for the pockets of a select few? Do we have the willingness to put those disciplines in place and get the right government officials in place to directly impact the business logic that we want in place for this geometric growth. Yes, you can include your climate change concerns and everything else, but don't blow it out of proportion and try to stop an existing industry and then put battery power and everything in place overnight. It's not going to happen. And it's that sort of disruption that's causing some of the terse tension that we see in the world scene today. Uh, right. No. I could right. go on, AJ. I mean, I could no, go on. No, no problem. You have put things quite well in perspective, Gene. My uh, small question here is that before every elections or during a lot of conversations from top leadership to a lot of other people, they talk about let's make America great again. Now, when they say this, what are they talking of? When, when was it that America was great and you have to have that reference? I want to understand what exactly time period was that? What was the state of polity, the economics, that it was great and that people or the leadership want to achieve that? I just wanted to understand in terms of, because it's a global podcast, so a lot of people from across the world are, are seeing it, will be also seeing it, and especially from India, a lot of people, it will be helpful to understand when they say, uh, what is, when was the time when America was greater than what it is now? So can you help us understand that moment in history when it was an ideal time for the United States of America? America has gone through the genesis of ideology since the, 1776, the creation of our uh, Declaration of Independence and the beginning of the colonies forming into statehood. As our westward expansion began from the New York eastern side of the country and we migrated westward all the way to California and then eventually Hawaii, <clears throat> Hawaii and Alaska. What made it great was that we lived by a set, a set of principles. Social media today, which came up overnight, just like our ability to communicate, could not have existed this way 10 years ago. Social media today has disrupted thinking for all of us positively and negatively. So we've got to get great again in the way we behave. The way we behaved is the issue. You ask me, I'll, be, I'll give you a straight answer. You ask me, how do we make America great again? We behave great again. We treat each other with the dignity and respect. And before I point my finger at you and blame you for something wrong, I'm reminded I got three fingers pointing back at me. And if I'm a smart boy, I'm going to look at myself first and fix me first before I blame you for anything. And that's what makes America great again. That's called humility. It's called decency. It's, calling, it's called honoring other people while at the same time respecting myself. Getting, as they say, get your own house in order before you throw stones at anybody else. And that's what we mean when we say make America great again. The select few, even in government, the select few in business, the people in government who had the relatives and the husbands and the brothers and sisters in business in Wall Street, uh, making uh, votes 
in the United States Congress on certain issues, only to find out two months later that they had bought some stock two weeks before a law went into place. What do you think that's all about? That's insider trading, isn't it? Oh, that puts some people in jail if you can get caught. It'll put you and me in jail, but for some of the congressmen and, and, and congresswomen who were doing it, like uh, Nancy Pelosi has been accused of, it's absolutely wrong. And here's where I got to take a balance. Before you point the finger at the wrong of Donald Trump, ask yourself a question. That job paid over $450,000 a year. He donated the entire salary back to his community, back to the country. He didn't take a dime. He had more money. He's a billionaire. He didn't need $450,000 a year. He donated the money back to the poor, the, the impoverished, the people who had less. Not even a thank you. He never in did any insider trading that you just mentioned, AJ. But I can tell you some people I know in politics who did, and they won't ever see the inside of a jail. And therein lies the answer to your question, we've got to make America great again. Well, the pendulum has swung one way. Watch out, world. The pendulum is now swinging the other way. And you're going to see justice come back and America survive. And that only strengthens our relationship in the world scene. Right. Right, Gene. Now, talking of, you know, presidential election, upcoming presidential election, Gene, you have proposed your 28th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Can you tell us about that, what that's all about? AJ, you've done your homework. I'm impressed. That's a sign of a good journalist. Boy, the 28th Amendment. I'm so grateful you brought that up. Okay, so for the public at large throughout the world, we have a constitution here in the United States, but it got amended over time because we had to continue making it great. <laughs> so we continue adding amendments to the Constitution to fix some wrong things that did, not ex that did not originally exist. The first 10 amendments to the Constitution were called the Bill of Rights, uh, the right of free speech, the right of free uh, assembly, the right to bear arms. And I could go on. There's 10 of them. And they come all the way up to 27 amendments as of a few years ago. I propose a 28th amendment. The 28th amendment I call the citizenship amendment. The American America needs to clarify what a citizen is nationwide not by state. The states can administer a voting process and manage the 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 the, the um, receipt and the application of a citizen. But a citizen must be either born natively here in the country, if they're coming in like my grandfather did, they must follow a procedure, an immigration process, and they must follow it in an orderly way. They must learn a little American history. They must learn, like you said, our trials and our tribulations, meaning our good points and our bad points. You know, uh, you know, but you're not held hostage like in a dictator or an autocratic state in having to bow to the leader. You are your own person. You are your own boss. And the person you went into the voting booth to vote for got voted in by you, a legal citizen, the most sacred right in the world is your right to vote. So the second half of the 28th Amendment now involves the voting process. Yes, the, 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 the states can, uh, um, can manage the voting process nation, nationwide, but the voting process has to be uniform. The way you vote for the president of the United States in Alaska, in Maine, in Texas, in Florida, has to be the same. Now, we have different local government officials and different governing structures at the state and local level, but at the national level, we must streamline and make more uniform 
the the uh, uh, efficacy of the manner in which we vote for a president and vice president of the United States of America. That's the 28th Amendment. I can go on and give you pages of information on how to do that. I'm talking to congressmen and senators in the United States Senate now, encouraging them to consider this 28th Amendment. Right. I will, I will continue to be in touch with you, Gene, and, you know, uh, understand the progress of this particular stuff. And, you know, we will have a separate session on this because this gives yes. an outline of the type of uh, U.S. that you are looking for in the future because citizenship is something that is going to be, you know, a, a, a thing that a lot of people from outside will be looking, looking for. But internally, it will be a bone of contention uh, for a lot of people because that's the way the world is. A lot of people want to come to the U.S. whatever way it is. Uh, because maybe it, 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 always people look at it from outside as the big apple and everybody wants to have a bite of it. So well, we will... well let, let's just say that I hope they're as generous and kind to us as we are to them. Right. Hope so. Hope so. Now, you have given so much to the U.S. and you have fulfilled your promise to your grandfather much more than he perhaps had asked you for. Now, can you tell us a bit, this is my last question, uh, about the different business ventures, enterprises that you are involved in. If I understand, technology is one of them, artificial intelligence, and the uh, Uber-like service that you are going to provide with this with the, with the stuff that you have, you know, in the beautiful objects that you have in the background. Tell us about it. Well, um, Valentino Holdings is my holding company. And if there's any uh, listeners out there, uh, AJ, you're welcome to contact me after the show through my website, www.genevalentino.com. My name, genevalentino.com. Uh, let me know you saw AJ's broadcast. And um, uh, so that I can share the good news of your contact with me, with AJ. I think AJ needs to know that you're about ready to invest in something crazy uh, if, uh, if, AJ, if, you, if you found out about me through AJ. So let me know and I, I'd be happy to introduce you. We have a holding company that's involved in the uh, hospitality industry, the um, hotelier, uh, where we own a few of the Marriott hotels around the nation. Um, we have a concept for the cure for AIDS. Uh, it's uh, 14 patents. It's while COVID-19 was uh, uh, pervasive throughout the world and the world attention was geared toward that in a lockdown. We stayed our course and stayed focused on the clinical trials involved in the background to test the seven uh, participants in the clinical trials. And we have had not good success. We've had excellent success. And Big Pharma from around the world is looking over our shoulders trying to figure out how to steal it. And uh, we talked about bad behavior before. Well, there you go, AJ, more bad behavior. They're trying to figure out how to steal something we worked very hard to uh, foster and is now now at the final lapse of, of, of proof that it, that it works. And uh, we plan to come public sometime later this year, 2022, or sometime in 2023 with an international cure for the, for the disease of AIDS, HIV. And uh, that's one of the other investments that there's still room to participate in. A third one, um, uh, it, well, we have about uh, uh, 14 different things we're involved in. Uh, the third one is the uh, upper, our jet service right behind me, and that's uh, Verijet, www.verijet.com. Uh, we are in the pro we we just two years ago a year year and a half ago we had seven of those aircraft um uh and now we have 20 
and we're concluding on an agreement to go forward with 100 more, 100 more over the next 24 to 36 months. We are now a full-fledged airline, but we're doing it in a very low-cost, carbon-neutral way. If you look at the frame of both of those aircraft, they have something in common. They're both carbon fiber. They're not metal. And in the case of the jet, the jet burns a fraction of what the airline jets are. Uh, It's a very low carbon footprint. It has one engine. Our costs are much lower. Um, uh, So it's like uh, if you can afford a first class ticket, there's room for five people plus the pilot uh, in that aircraft, quite spacious and comfortable. Uh, It's your aircraft. Well, Today's rate is around $3,300 an hour, which is about half of some of the chartered rates. And um, we can get you uh, to and from your location on a moment's notice. And remember, it's all hooked up by our business idea of a, a Uber app, an Uber kind of app on your phone that um, books the plane for you. So our overhead costs are much lower because we've, um, we've eliminated a lot of middlemen. And it's a great career opportunity for the pilots who are tired of the big airlines and are looking for a, uh, uh, an opportunity to really get up close and personal with the customer. A commercial airline pilot doesn't have that chance to get up close and personal with the, with the passengers. You barely see them going into the cockpit of a plane when you fly. I don't think they're coming back and chatting with you and getting to know you and spending that nice time, making it a personal experience. And that's what we do at Verijet. Right. Right, Gene. Right. There are several business ideas about Q2AIDS, about this new stuff, new business, you know, acquiring so many different new planes. So that, that there's so many things to, you know, talk to you about in the coming future and i look forward to you know many much many more conversations with you about each of these businesses that you are working on and yeah, obviously we, yeah we mentioned three aj but i have a dozen more to share with you i didn't want to take up the time but this yeah, is but you, you tell me each, and i'll be glad to talk more yes yes each one of them are great great business ideas and i would look forward to talking to not only about just the business, but also about the journey of the United States of America on to back to its greatness that it once was. There's a With power, this. there's a power in the spirit of the people in this nation and throughout the world that will not let the bad guys win. Stay positive, stay healthy, keep smiling, and enjoy your fellow man. Right, right. Great words, Gene. Thank you so much for your time and for all the beautiful ways you have explained so many things in this conversation. Look forward to many such more conversations. Thank you very much. On this note, it's a wrap on this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live. Thank you once again. Thank you, AJ. Thank you.